Okay, good evening, good morrow, good afternoon, good whatever you are, whatever time it is where you are. Welcome to the JMJ Missions Podcast. I am your host, Dan Palmieri, along with my co-founder, tri-founder, co-host, Anthony McCullough, and a very special guest we have, Taylor Stroll of Forte Catholic. We're going to be interviewing him today, getting some great advice from him, and also just some information on who he is and what he does. But first, if you want to help us out, anchor.fm, you can donate us some some quiche, um, cash, not the egg-based food. Um, <laughs> that's because uh, we uh, we could always use it, uh, but more, most importantly, your, your spiritual support as well as your financial support. We also have our website, and you guys know the rest. It's our TikTok and all of our social media. You can find us and subscribe on YouTube. Okay, but before we get into our interview with our guest, Taylor, Anthony, do you have any small talk for us to go off of? I do indeed, and it's not even slightly spiritual. My small talk today is... All right, you guys have to give me your number one, your favorite athlete of all time. Not who you think is the best, but just your personal favorite athlete of all four sports. Like you only can pick one athlete. Oh man, mm-hmm. that's Should a I loaded question. I know yeah, my answer. So I? Yeah. All right, well, yeah, my yeah, answer yeah, is easily Chase Utley, just because even if he had a simple ground out, he sprinted as fast as he could. Didn't matter if the team was down ten nothing and he hit a casual grounder to second. He ran like he was in the 100-meter dash in the Olympics. And that's just like a very Philadelphia attitude. And ever since I was young, like I always – I just loved Chase Utley. He did bust down the line every single time he hit the ball. He had some power for a second baseman. I, I agree with that. I always liked Chase. I would have picked him if you hadn't picked him first, so thanks. <laughs> uh, okay, Philly Philly athlete. I'll go with another Philly athlete just because we're for 25 minutes outside of Philly. Um, AI, Allen Iverson. I don't know if he's my favorite of all time. That's a loaded question. But uh, he's definitely was the most fun to watch, only because his dribbling, his his cockiness. I mean, it's not the most Catholic of attitudes, but <laughs> fun fun to watch, fun on the court. You know, just I mean, I drip. I for one, I I learned how to dribble through my legs way earlier than I ever should have been able to do that from watching him. You know, um, I couldn't shoot, but I could dribble through the legs and backwards and behind the back because <laughs> I was watching him. <laughs> even though I could, couldn't really make a foul shot. So, hey, that's cool. Uh, and we're going to turn to our guest, who is not from the Philly area. He is from Texas, Taylor Schroll. Do you have a favorite athlete of all time? I do. It's really funny. It's much, It's not Allen Iverson, but it's funny. Like <laughs> w- Memories just like rolled back over me that I've tried to forget for forever. Because I, too, was an Allen Iverson fan. And I was the very large white guy on my basketball team that wore like, the six the armbands on every single arm. Just try to be like <laughs> Allen Iverson. But yeah. um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, similar to you guys, you know, pretty close to a large metropolis. So I grew up right outside of Houston. Uh, so I grew up some of my first sports memories are the Rockets um, winning back-to-back championships when Michael Jordan decided to quit uh, and just gifted <laughs> us those two championships. Uh, but Clyde the Glide Drexler was our guy. He was real, real quiet, but uh. just super smooth on the court. And uh, like, you know, like you were saying, like probably not the best ever, um, but like he's the first person that popped in my head. Like my first yeah. favorite player was uh, was Clyde Drexler, and he brought us a couple of championships. There you was go. that when uh, was Tracy McGrady on the team at the time too? So yeah, I right. almost picked Tracy McGrady. So like uh, Clyde, okay. Clyde was like my childhood, like my singular digit years. 
and then Tracy McGrady was like my guy in in high mm-hmm. school. He he was there. Gotcha. And uh, you know the thir- the thirteen points in in forty five seconds. I was yeah. at that game. And no we way. Left no. early because we were down by ten with a couple minutes left, and my dad had to work at like no. five o'clock in the morning. Wow. I left that game. And it was, <laughs> That's it was a like, mortal sin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's not on me. It's on my father. So. <laughs> not That's on funny. my conscience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man. That's I used so to funny. like uh, yeah. Yao, wow. Yao Ming. You remember Yao Ming? Because him and Matumbo were on the team at the same time, right? Yeah, that was wild. Yeah. Yeah. The, two to- the, the new version of the Two Towers. The Rockets had the Two Towers with uh, Kim Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson went back in the day, and then they brought back the new Two Towers with Yao. And could you imagine being 6'1, which is like, you know, I'm 6'2, and I'm like large in my world, but like I'd be the smallest right. person on the court. Could you imagine they're just two <laughs> seven footers like, trying to do a layup? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, You're my toast. gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah better settle for the three yeah. in that situation yeah. <laughs> and that is the the cry of the white guy settle for the three <laughs> <laughs> three and d so, yeah, that's how you play nowadays mm-hmm. all right so we are going to take a quick quick 15 second break we will come back with an interview with taylor stroll a little bit about him his idea of the faith and what he thinks we could do to change our culture stay with us we'll be right back all right we are back taylor stroll forte catholic he's got a podcast he was podcasting well before we started podcasting he is an expert in the field you could say uh, was just mentioned in the Wall Street Journal. We were just a guest on his podcast, and we found out that he was mentioned in the Wall Street Journal, which is so cool because of the cool games that he plays in his podcast. So we'll get to all that and more. But first, Taylor, I want to know if you could introduce yourself. Like when we first found out about you, um, Anthony noticed you were liking some of our posts and things like that, and we started liking some of yours on Instagram. And Anthony messaged me. He's like, "Did you see uh, Taylor Stroll? He's like, really? He's like around our age. He's a cool guy." You know, he is normal, he's funny, he's got a podcast, we should definitely connect with him. And so, of course, I looked you up and I was like, wow, yeah, this guy's like a very fun, normal person, likes to laugh. Like, this is what the faith needs, but yet he's he's devoutly and seriously Catholic. And uh, this is exactly what our church needs. So I, I had the first question I wanted to ask you was, um, were you always into your faith? Is this something from a young age that you took, or did you have a kind of a conversion experience? Or how did this whole faith thing develop for you in general? Well, first of all, all those nice things you said about me, I'm glad that's what comes across from far away. Um, (laughs) People closer to me might not agree with you, but that's a whole other thing. Um, I grew up, you know, cradle Catholic and was just bored out of my mind with all of it. I I didn't like it. I didn't like going to mass. It was all super repetitive. I hated CCE. Um, Every now and then I got involved just because I want to win. Like I wanted to know more. I wanted to get to that Bible verse before I wanted to win the candy or whatever. But I didn't care at all. so I actually, uh, in junior high, I uh, went down the road to the uh, cool non-denominational parish and for the first time, like, really encountered Jesus, like, in the scriptures and in the preaching and the music, like, on an intellectual level and on a faith, on a faith level, on a, on an uh, emotional level. I just connected with God for the first time. And then, uh, long story short, I went to a Steubenville conference, which is what everybody our age, you know, seems to, seems to say. And, uh, you know, realized that I could have both of those things in the Catholic Church. You know, I had ex- experience with the Eucharist and was like, okay. I can enjoy going to church and have it still be at mass and with the Eucharist and with the sacraments. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my story. And I'm trying to, 
make it not boring for people like it was for me for the first half of my life. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I'll kick in uh, with the next question for you. So when did you decide to start or to be an, an evangelist and, you know, start a podcast and start your ministry really? Yeah. So I think like that, that time, like when I started, when I started coming back to like Catholic youth group and that, and I sort of, they stopped going to the non-denominational church. It was a couple of, um, a, a couple of guys, a couple of ladies that like really poured into me and like formed me into like a young Catholic. And, uh, because of like, I was a brat and a troublemaker and the fact that they like still cared about me and like wanted, wanted, you know, loved God enough that they wanted to share it with somebody. And like, I saw the change in me and I was like, Oh, I kind of want to give this back. So like, I mean, literally in, in college, my first year in college, I started doing ministry and started doing some of the similar stuff that, uh, to what you guys do and traveling and leading worship for retreats and speaking at, you know, speaking at stuff and just wanted to give back what I got. But, but then also like give back what I didn't get, you know, like I wanted it to be um, something that was engaging, uh, which was which was kind of lacking for me. So it was kind of a it was a like a half and half of giving back what I received, but also trying to give something that I saw was lacking. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned um, how it was a non-denominational church where we really fell in love with Scripture and had that kind of um, really graces given to, which is really interesting. Um, we're not like, you know, anti-Protestant here or anything like that. We're very purely Catholic, obviously, and, and um, devout and, and, you know, believe the church is, is the, the church Jesus started and all that kind of stuff, of course. Um, but it's interesting that you found some graces in a non-denominational atmosphere, um, which I, which is great. I think it's cool. Shared the same baptism. Did you receive any anti-Catholic? Was there any anti-Catholic speech thrown at you that made you dig deeper into your faith? Um, I, in, in New Jersey, like we have like, tons of Italian and Irish immigrants from like a hundred years ago. So it's, I'd say in in South Jersey, oh, definitely in North Jersey too. There's a, slightly more Catholics than Protestants. I don't think that's the, the case in Texas. I think it's more, you know, the South, a little more on a Protestant side. Um, did that help you in your formation as a Catholic at all? Yeah. So, like, around that time, like, I never got it, like, at the Protestant church. It was more just, like, a cultural thing, like, living in the South and, like, kind of the Bible Belt and, um, you know, ve a very Baptist area, you know. Um, it wasn't much like at the church. It's not like they were preaching against you know Catholicism or what calling us the whore of Babylon or whatever. But like <laughs> I would hear that stuff like in school, like friends talking and and that sort of thing. Um, and it didn't really like push me like you were saying until college. Ironically enough, um, I went to a, a Catholic college that is not very Catholic, and it was the the anti-Catholic sentiment at that school that made me really dig into Catholic teaching. It was the, like, wanting to, um, like, defend my own faith primarily, but then also, like, I mean, they were teaching stuff. Like, people can believe whatever they want to believe. You can't force people to believe anything. But it's so like, if, like, you know, professors right. at school, if they want to get up and say, like, the church teaches this, but I believe this, I'm actually fine with that because they're being intellectually honest, right? But they were saying the Catholic Church believes X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z were the furthest from the truth. So, like, they're misrepresenting this church that I love. Right. So, like, right. that's what, like, I learned a lot not from what was taught to me, but because I had to go home and study to be able to argue with people who had doctorates in theology. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool that it got you to actually look deeper into into the issues and into the teachings and things like that, your own experiences. And actually, the next question has to do with that. Why, especially in colleges, high school, people in their twenties, we seem to be having like a, a young people crisis um, nowadays. People just don't. If people are Christian or Catholic, they're just baptized nominally. They don't care. 
Uh, most people are barely even baptizing their children anymore. Like, what do you think are the main causes behind this lack of faith and zeal among young people? Like, they're just—it seems like they're just not getting it. I mean, like people our age, twenties, thirties, uh, it's rare to find a, a normal person who's devout. So, you know, what, what do you think the causes are of that in your in your experience? Yeah, uh, I mean, this might ruffle some feathers too. So, like, I think there's two camps that people try to go to because we're quote unquote losing the culture war, and people go to these two sides, uh, especially when it comes to like young young people formation. And it's either like I'm going to beat you over the head with intellectual stuff and prove to you that this is intellectually sound, or there's the other side that says I don't like that into all that intellectual stuff. It's all gonna be about like feeling and emotion, right? But we are full human people. I am a person that has an intellect and has uh, maybe not a wide range of emotions, but I have a lot of anger, so that counts for something. So, like, we're all people of intellect and emotions. <laughs> so I, I feel like the pendulum swinging to either side, you go to any youth group, and it's either mostly teaching stuff or mostly, like, um, like, like um, group, group building type things. Where, like, really, we need all of it, right? Like, we need... To be able to encounter, like, like I, like when I, my experience at the at the Protestant church was, I, I had experiences that were, that people could try to negate away. It's just feeling. I just liked the music, or it was entertaining, or whatever, right? But that experience plus the scriptures being open to me, so like the teaching part of that and the preaching, all of those three things together was the like those three. I, I had never seen those three things combined. I had had good feelings in Catholic churches. I had had a lot of intellectual formation, but I'd never had them combined. Um, so, I, you know, we talked forever about, like, forming the whole person. I think that's what a lot of us are missing. And, like, we, we all have to – we all kind of, you know, I think uh, just naturally skew to one of those sides. But, we, like, when we're forming people, we have to make sure that we're helping to form the whole person and not just the intellect or the will or the emotions. But we have to meet people as full people. Yeah. And Taylor, I can already tell that you kind of bring that into your ministry because that, that kind of balance of the intellect and also like the group and like the fun stuff, because uh, we were just talking, Dan, you mentioned it briefly, how you were mentioned on what journal was it? The, what, uh, the wall street journal, is that what it was that you're mentioning in your podcast for that game? So it's not all just like, here's the intellect and, but like, yeah, it's like, here's the truth, but let's have some fun too. So that it's the perfect balance. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it all comes know, it's, from uh, Pope Francis, like the joy of the gospel, like that, like Pope Francis was elected right when I started like professional ministry for the first time. And like, so like that was like a, 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 like that was kind of the cry of my heart that I wasn't really sure that I had, I couldn't put words to it. Right. But it's just like, that's, that's it. Like the gospel message filled with joy is the gospel message. You know? Yeah. That's what we experienced. I mean, when we had our conversion experiences at our parish, like I, I didn't know at the time because I was, I had no I wasn't, you know, myself, Anthony Rocco, we were not into our faith at all, but we were meeting these people that were on fire for the faith and super loving, super welcoming. The community was there and it was fun and you felt welcome and, and uh, a really dynamic youth minister, Carrie, we've had her on our podcast, tons of games we play, but also like talks about the Orthodox teaching and about the miracles of the saints and about the Eucharist. And like, we were getting the best of both worlds. We didn't realize it. So I, I love the fact that you said that, like, we need both. We need the community and the fun and the genuine genuine joy it can't be fake joy we've all gone to a youth group meeting where people don't want to be there and there's pretending to be fake nice and fake happy 
I can't stand that, right? When someone's totally themselves, themselves, you know, his or herself, and they have the Lord in their heart, they're gonna have that genuine joy, and they're not gonna be afraid to talk about the doctors and talk about the truth and talk about the Eucharist and the sacraments and confession and all that kind of stuff, like in a really zealous way. Um, it's weird. You think they're two diametrical opposites, but in the lives of the saints and how we're supposed to be, they're they're like one and the same. There's joy and there's truth, and they they kind of just ring together, you know. So the next question was. Um, what do you think has to happen to get a change in the culture? So what, what can parishes do? What can people do? What can the people listening to the podcast do to like really cause that change that the world so desperately needs right now? Cause you see so many people that are sad and lonely and they, they don't have that joy. So what needs to happen? What do you think if you could give advice? What has to happen? Yeah, um, I think the, uh, I wish I knew the answer. I guess is what I'm going to say first, but I think secondarily, I think the, the place that I'm seeing the most right now, is at my local parish after you know it's well documented on my show that my parish went through some really really tough times over the last seven years and like uh, over the last year uh, almost full year we got a new pastor and things are shifting and i think what is working and what has changes changed the dynamic of our parish is one the the pastor's tremendous but what he's doing that's working is uniting well-minded people faithful people and putting all of them not just to use, because I feel like parishes put people to, anybody that volunteers, they're going to put you to work, right? But a lot of times it's segmented. It's And we never see the other ministries. We never see what else is going on. And right now, like, the pastor, the pastoral council is essentially leading the parish through, like, a formation of discipleship through, like, a pretty specific and, like, intentional funnel uh, and, and trying to get people formed, even people who have been in the pews for 40 years right and what i'm seeing and you know we talked earlier about the balance thing and how it's it's hard for us because a lot of us skew we skew, we skew to our gifts right but we're not meant to do our gifts alone we're supposed to do it as the body of christ right so like there at our local parish um what i'm seeing is all these gifts coming together and like i'm able to use my gifts because there are two other people there doing the things that i suck at and vice versa <laughs> you know like so it's i i think it really is like going back to the basics a lot of times we try to complicate it right and it's like share our gifts in a community that is also other people sharing their gifts and like to get like you know together we're going to be able to reach more than than any of us can individually right which is why i like you know like that's on a parish level which is why i like partnering with people like you guys that are doing you know trying to do other things but it's like let's combine our efforts man like y'all are doing it in jersey i'm doing it down here in the south like let's you know we would never meet if it wasn't for the internet, but now we have. So let's try to do some stuff together. That's, That's right. true. That's true. And Taylor, I, I would say that definitely one of your gifts just from, this is the first time I ever met you in person. Obviously, we've had communications before, but I can already tell that one of your gifts is joy. Like you definitely have the joy of the Lord. So have you found that that makes it easier to evangelize? Like, you know, when you show up to an event and, you know, you're really happy, you know, you're making people laugh. Like, does that make it easier to bring people on board? Oh, 100%. Like, Nobody wants, nobody's going to get excited about something you're not excited about. They're just not going to, right? So, like, if, you, you know, y'all, we were talking, we started this whole thing with sports. It's like, you know, like, you're going to have to convince me that Chase Utley is cool because I'm, I'm an outside. <laughs> I'm on the outside. And y'all were all like, oh, he, he runs really hard even when they're losing 10 to nothing. I'm like, to me, that sounds stupid. He's a $150 million player. He should be kind of chilling a little bit when he's down 10 to, you know, but like, you know, y'all were saying, like, 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 oh, no, like, that's a thing that y'all, uh, you know, appreciate like, oh, that's the right. Philly spirit in the, in the yeah, work it's like, hard. It's like, oh, I can see the virtue in that. When initially I was like, that sounds really dumb. He's gonna pull his hamstring <laughs> on a play that doesn't matter. 
<laughs> that's fun. It's very blue collar, yes. and that, that's how people are around here. Very like hardworking. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He kind of we, we we love him because like Philly sports. What? Well, when he played for the Phillies, they, Philly fans are really really tough on you. Like they'll let you know if you're <laughs> if you're not doing well. People hate playing here. And they loved him to death because he always went hard. And actually, that's another thing that we could actually segue into is that you've been doing this for seven years. You've been doing your podcast. It's weekly, right? Every week. Yeah. Um, when, what nights I, uh, does I, it I get finally, released? I finally broke my streak. I had gone four years every week without missing an episode. And then I got sick and I missed a few. And I, I broke the oh, streak man. and now I'm sad. <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it releases on, on YouTube on Tuesdays and then on, on podcasts at like one in the morning on Wednesday night. And the title, again, is Forte Catholic. Yeah. is the podcast f-o-r-t-e catholic um you can find it every week um just as he, he you know he promoted us on on uh, his podcast and if there's anyone that's now listening because of that when these get released uh go over to his for our listeners but what keeps you um like going every single week you know like what keeps you with having that chase utley vibe <laughs> um, <Right>. every <laughs> single week <laughs> in and out uh by you know because you know, the spiritual life's tough. I mean, you you have your ups, you have your downs. There are times when you're feeling it. There are times when you are not feeling it. Um, it's not like you can really say you're doing it for the money because although, you, as St. Paul said, the preacher deserves his pay and we all have to live and things like that. No one in their right mind nowadays in 2022 would get involved with ministry for money. So, like, what keeps <laughs> you going? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think with, like, the, the podcast in, in particular – uh, it, it's you know, kind of it's, it's funny. I didn't even mean to do it, but it kind of echoes the like, you know, combining talents, you know, because uh, for the first two years of the show, it was live on the radio. It started off as a radio show and it was just me and I would just talk and like I could do it for a bit, but I was like, something's missing. And so now I, ha I have these four co-hosts. So I have a co-host every week, just like you guys, you know, it's never just you on the show. You know, y'all doing it together. And it's like um, that's one of the things that keeps me going is. The fact that I have help, I have other people that I can rely on. I don't have to carry the show by myself. Uh, but also, like you were saying, like, oh, how do you do it when you're angry? And how do you do it when your face going well? How do you do it when it's going bad? It's like, well, that's what I talk about. <laughs> like, like, I'm very honest, right? Like, you talk about the joy of the Lord. There have been multiple episodes where I am sharing the anger of the Lord. You know, like, just, uh, and it's it's just being able to to one, like, even laugh through the crappy stuff. But it's like. That's like people ask like, oh, how do you come up with, you know, ideas for the show? It's like I just live my life and take notes, you know, like I just it's it's just the things that pop up, whether it's good or bad or everywhere in between. And it's just kind of talking about life, you know, like what is Catholic life like? And just like any other life, it's going to have some great moments. It's going to have some terrible moments and everywhere in between. Very nice. And I, we love the fact that you're honest, too, because uh, as a high school teacher and aunt, middle school, you know, we can tell you and teenagers specifically can sniff out someone that's not authentic a million miles away. You come in with that fake happiness, you come in pretending you're something you're not, they will call that from down, they'll sniff it from down the hallway, you know? Um, well, so we can smell them from down really the hallway nice too, so it's only that's fair. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Yeah, the BO, right? <laughs> yeah. all, my, all my students that listen to this are now going to, to mow me down first day of school, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, last question we have for you. Your favorite, either one, saint or favorite devotion. What do you got? Favorite saint or favorite devotion. Favorite saint is uh, St. Michael. I grew up in St. Michael's Parish and like with, you know, spiritual warfare. I, I say the St. Michael prayer every single night. So favorite saint nice. and devotion is say, I, I say the St. Michael prayer uh, every night because uh, all adults are still afraid of the dark. We just kind of suppressed it. So. <laughs> That's a good line. I like that. <laughs> we suppressed it. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. 
Very nice. Cool. And would you say uh, of your devotions, you, the love for scripture is up there? Oh yeah, like uh, scripture is the primary way that I that I encounter God. Um, I love uh, in Dave Verbum the uh, in Vatican II. It's the the document on scripture. Uh, it said something that that two things that I thought were wild. One was that um, the church has always venerated scripture as it venerates the Eucharist, which blew me away because to me it's like oh like you source and summit of the faith the Eucharist, but like you know we have. It's not like the first half of mass is just a you know the a warm up. The warm up, for yeah. Chris, you know. <laughs> uh, and then the second thing was that like um, that Dave Rivum said was that you know the reading of scripture and prayer are always linked to each other. They have to be right. So even think of things like the rosary. Like it's a prayer that is harder for me to pray, but even that is you're meditating on stories of scripture right um so like things like lexio divina are are, uh, mm-hmm. are the study of scripture like that's how um like you know the word of god being like sown into my soul like that's that is one of the biggest ways that i like receive grace receive life from from the lord you know it's funny um i went to confession on saturday and, and you're the priest... not turning into sulfur you'll have to turn <laughs> tune into my show to figure out why that joke makes sense <laughs> yeah i love the plug the <laughs> funny story that we shared on his uh, Anthony shared on Taylor's podcast. Go check it out. Um, but uh, yeah, I went to confession on Saturday, and the priest, as the penance, he says to me, "You know, it's a feast of Corpus Christi tomorrow." He said, um, "I want you to read John chapter six. and I was like, "Whoa!" Because I've never gotten the penance where it's like read a chapter of the Bible. It's always like three Hail Marys or like you know, I've got some good ones like you know reflect and pray and go in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But he goes, "I want you to read John chapter six. I was like, "Who?" You know, like, wow. <laughs> uh, which is where Jesus really goes off on the Eucharist. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood will not have life within him. And yada yada yada. Not that it's not important, but he keeps going <laughs> with that. And um, and I forgot to do it. Uh, I just I said I'll do it. I'll do it. I just never got around to it. And then um, I read about a Eucharistic miracle that happened in Ireland online. It just happened a few weeks ago. They're studying it. I thought, oh, it's so cool. Then I thought, oh, man, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't read the chapter. I got to do that. And then right after that, I scrolled to EWTN Media and Mother Angelica uh, said, you should go read John chapter 6. All you should read John chapter 6. <laughs> I thought, whoa. And that was as I was thinking, I haven't read John chapter 6 yet, my penance. <laughs> so I immediately picked up scripture last night. Read John chapter six, got my little study Bible out, and it was awesome. Like just even one chapter, there's so much you could take from it. So I'm really glad. We you thought said that. Bezos was listening to us with all our devices, but it's really Mother Angelica on EWTN. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Right. <laughs> and I didn't catch a word you just said because you cut out. Oh, Sorry. I, all I said was that was good. That was funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It just sounded like you were drunk or something. All right. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick from my end. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll come back with the infamous. Well, the famous Saint Cup. Don't go away. We'll be back in 10 seconds. Okay, we are back with the Saint Cup. I am going to shake the cup for those that are... We may be putting us on YouTube, so I'll put it up to the camera. I'll shake the cup. I will take it out. And our guest, Taylor, is going to read the saint i have no idea which one it is and we will talk about him okay here we go uh oh saint padre pio that's crazy (laughs) that's mother angelica strikes again (laughs) 
<laughs> so That's so crazy. So Taylor, we actually did a podcast last week and we forgot the same cup. So we had to make like a little tiny wheel. There's an app called tiny wheel, I think. And you were like, we put some saints on there and we landed on Padre Pio last week. But Dan, what do you think? I mean, the same cup has spoken. I think the same cup has spoken. And the reason is because Anthony actually just, uh, as Taylor is hinting at very, well, he didn't hint at it. He's just straight up said it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, in your story, you shared a really cool one. We don't want to give it away. So you can go to Taylor's podcast for that. I've, I've got but one. Padre didn't share. Oh, sweet. Let's Ooh, hear it. Go ahead, Taylor. Yeah. This, your, is, this is Pio my story? favorite Padre Pio story, and it actually connects back to St. Michael uh, with some uh, spiritual warfare stuff. Uh, so St. Padre Pio is laying in his bed, and he you know, he would, uh, he, he could see demons, and he could see Satan. There's multiple stories of that. But there's one where he's asleep, and he's laying on his side. And then he gets woken up in the middle of his sleep, and he flips over, and there's a demon sitting in his bed, and his bed is on fire. And all he does is he looks over his shoulder and he looks at the demon. He said, oh, it's just you and rolls back over and goes back to sleep. And I'm like, what an absolute boss. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> That's hilarious. In He's the like, days of Alan Iverson, we'd call that G status. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's like, God's got this. Uh, he's much more powerful than you. So it's great. I would be so offended if someone looked at me and they were like, oh, it's just you. So that's like the, that's like a, a perfect insult for Padre Pio to give well, to a you, demon. You would know that feeling if you were married. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. That's hilarious. But that's what you got to do with the devil, right? I mean, the devil, he, he roars around your conscience. He roars around your feelings, your emotions. And you have to just say, you know what? It's just you and keep on doing your business, right? And honestly... That goes right in with what we were asking you earlier, Taylor, with the ups and the downs. You said there's some days you feel the anger of the Lord. Now, you always want to be authentic, always want to be yourself. But we have to just ignore those attacks from the devil and keep pushing with the ministry that we have. So for all of our listeners, just remember, whatever you're going through, ignore it. It's just just the devil. He's just messing with you, whether it's anxiety or worry or fear or doubt, you know, whatever it is. Your, your, your overactive conscience, that's what confession's for, right? Just you. You keep pushing. Keep listening to our podcast. Listen to Taylor's podcast. And you know, keep, keep on with your faith. Perfect. Any, any last words you guys want to say, Taylor, Anthony? I'm good. Do you guys want to close with a prayer? Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Cool. Taylor, could you want to lead the prayer for us? Yeah, sure. In the name of the Father, right. and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Heavenly, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for um, the guys over at JMJ and the, everything that they are doing uh, to serve you and uh, build your kingdom. We ask that you, um, um, bless us as we go our separate ways. Bless everyone that's listening to this and uh, just uh, help them to uh, to live in the joy um, uh, of you, the joy that you bought for us on the cross. We ask that you help us to uh, fall more in love with you and your church each and every day. Amen. 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 Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I, I had this idea to um, like pray for like 10 minutes and just wait till y'all cut me off. <laughs> just to like make, like make it super awkward. <laughs> Start the litany of saints, you know, like just keep going. It's, 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 okay, time to go. <laughs>